Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 495. People sometimes will tell you, oh, you can't make it to the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, you can't make it to Le Mans, you can't do anything. But if someone tells you that, don't listen to them. You can, because if you work hard enough, you can make it wherever you want. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited and revved up to have a very special guest, Dylan Murray. Dylan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I hope so, as long as it's not too fast. (laughs) Well, tell you what, a few times during our talk here, I'll hand you the wheel, because you're the driving expert, not me, but uh, I think we'll have a little bit of fun. Dylan Murray's been racing for eight years, earning nine championships in carts and legend cars, and he's currently in the chase for his 10th championship. He won the 2010 Andretti Pro Cup karting title, the 2012 and 2013 GSKA and Southeastern Divisional Championships, and the, in 2011 and 2013, the World Karting Association National Championships in two classes. And in 2014 and 2015, the Legends Atlanta Motor Speedway Championship. Dylan raced in the 2015 Legends Series, including Thursday Thunder and Atlanta Motor Speedway. And he earned a test in Spraker Racing's late model car. Dylan was also the 22nd winner of the Gorsland Championship for Mental Training with Dr. Delier. And did I mention that Dylan is only 15 years old? He owns the record for the youngest guest here on Cars Yeah! to date. That's pretty darn cool. And his father is David Murray, who's a past Cars Yeah! guest, who's a Firestone Firehawk World Challenge Racing and Sports Renault champion. Wow, that's a mouthful, Dylan. You have done a lot for a young 15-year-old. I'm really impressed. And I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your history and, of course, your passion for racing? Yeah, well, of course, my dad races cars, so he kind of got me on the basic hooks of racing. It kind of started for me when I was about four, five years old. For Christmas one year, I bought uh, he bought me a four-wheeler with plastic wheels that I would drive around in the house, and I couldn't steer it, so my dad was kicking me around in the back trying to turn it for me. <laughs> and so it kind of went from there. I, um, I went to my dad's races a lot when I was younger, and I 
had tons of fun. He would take me sometimes around the track and slowly and then skid pad and everything. And then after that, I got even more hooked on the racing world. And he took me to this place called Andretti and I drove with my friends and it was rental carts that went around like 10 miles an hour around in a little oval. And so that was pretty fun. I liked that. And I'm like, I think I might actually like this racing stuff. So he signed me up for a uh, Andretti Ultimate Race Camp. It's one week. Parents drop them off. Kids have tons of fun. They It's a racing school for the inexperienced. Mm-hmm. So after that, I really got a hook on racing <laughs> at that point. So I signed up for the rental cart league there. And the, there were some pretty competitive people and super fun. After that, we went to a race, regional go-kart outdoor karting race down at Barnesville, Georgia. And we watched the race. And I'm like, this looks pretty fun. I think I might want to do that. As the race went on, after the hours of watching it, I'm like, this looks like tons of fun. So I'm like, Dad, can I get a cart, please? Can I race here? Yeah. I'll do anything. He's like, well, how bad do you want it? And I'm like, I'll do six months of chores, no pay, no nothing, no benefits, just <laughs> pure six months of chores. And finally, after six months, I kept asking and asking, when am I going to get a cart? When am I going to get a cart? Yeah. And finally, we bought one, and I started racing at GSKA at Barnesville, Georgia. And once I got good enough there, we moved up to uh, WKA, that's uh, National East Carts, and I had won a couple races there, a couple championships, and my dad's like, okay, it's time time to move up to a bigger car. So um, we bought a Legends car and started racing there for four years now, and now we're trying to start racing late models. We had a test, and... Hopefully our first race will be in the middle of the end of May, Caraway Speedway, mm-hmm. with uh, Jeff Spraker and Spraker Racing Enterprises. And so we're trying to get on that path to get approved for K&N with NASCAR. Hopefully have my first race in October at Watkins Glen there. So Wow. Well, and all this at 15 years old, so you don't even have your street driver's license yet, right? I have my permit. Not, permit. I can't drive by myself, though. Yeah, so. yeah. Pretty cool. Very cool. Well. You know, I hope there's some young listeners out there listening that have dreams of doing some racing and so forth because they'll learn a little bit about the process here. And definitely, it's a ton of work, a lot of competition. I've had some uh, many racers here in cars. Yeah, I've talked about their early years and all the efforts and the uh, the work they had to do to get through it. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's Maybe been instrumental in forming your life and your success. Maybe it's a mantra your dad gave you or something that someone else gave you, a coach. But it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, Dylan, I know you love to drive and you're a great racer, so take the wheel. Yeah, well, it actually happens that the quote I chose came from my dad. He um, Cool. I was talking to one guy at a race one day and he's like, what do you want to do if you don't make it to NASCAR or Le Mans with your backup plan? And I said, well, probably become a scientist or a physicist or something like that. And my dad, after he left, he pulled me aside and he said, Dylan, if you have a backup plan, you've already failed. So go ahead and get rid of that. And that really motivates me because that just puts 100% of my effort into racing and not 
80% and saving the other 20% for being a scientist or physicist. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, when you said that, I've got a big smile on my face because I remember your dad telling me that when he was a guest on my show. And it's a really good message, you know, to have a plan that you're going to succeed. Go out there and just, you know what, I'm going to make this no matter what, if this is my dream. And I think uh, backup plans are nice and they're safe, but... I, I like that concept that you've already planned on failing if you have a backup plan. So, uh, and I think you're young enough that uh, you got a lot of opportunities ahead of you. So, great mantra. I like that. Would you share a story that instigated your passion for racing? You, you know, obviously, growing up with a dad like David Murray. I mean, my goodness, your whole life has been about racing. I'm assuming because of what your dad has done. But is there a pivotal moment? Looking back when I know you talked about that little electric cart in the kitchen that your dad was pushing around, but a moment when you decided, you know what, this this racing stuff is serious for me. Yeah, well, like I said before, it all started with going to my dad's races. I absolutely loved it. And then watching the cart races at um Barnesville, that and I just loved the thrill seeking. I I couldn't think of anything better to do, so I got into racing and I got stuck to it so couldn't leave it all right so Dylan you've chosen a career path here at a very young age that's fraught with challenges and could be failures and all sorts of things that are going to hinder your opportunities to be successful but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of those things you've hit already and I hate to use that word hit when we're talking about racing here <laughs> but uh if you could share maybe uh you know, a huge challenge or, or some things that you've come up against in your uh, beginning trials and tribulations of being a racer here. And tell us how you overcame those challenges and how you were able to move forward. You know, it started out in the first few races of outdoor karting. I came straight from rental carts at the lower leagues, just competing and winning race after race after race. And finally, when I got into outdoor carts at the regionals, I couldn't win any. I My first race, I was finishing like five, fifth or sixth out of seven carts, and I got really frustrated. And I finally just kept working at it and working at it, and I finally got better. And then it happened again as soon as I started racing national carts. I, was, I went from winning almost every race back down to sixth or so every race. And so I... Really, at the, the at the national level is when I really thought, is this what I want to do? Am I really not that good? And that just made me want to stop and just quit. But finally, I kept working at it. My dad's like, well, you can keep working at it, and you'll get better. So I did, and I ended up winning championships nationally and in cars and hopefully in late models now too. But Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a really really interesting and important aspect uh, to life of any career that people are taking on. Quite often people find something simple and then when they start doing it in a more competitive setting, all of a sudden they're not as great as they were when they were racing, in your case, people that weren't as good. And, and it kind of, you know, bums them out a little bit. It's like, what happened? I thought I was pretty good at this and they quit. And uh, I think it's really important to have what I like to say is a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset where you come into a situation and say, okay, I used to be Better than everybody, now I'm not. What can I do to get a little bit better? So it sounds uh -huh. like you had a good coach in your dad because obviously as you keep stepping up in the ranks here, you're going to meet very, very competitive people. 
and people uh-huh. that have different skill sets and so forth. So for those folks listening out there, what would be a takeaway you would share with them from your lesson here when they hit those roadblocks and they feel like they want to quit? What would you say to them to push them forward so that they can keep trying? You just got to keep working at it. There's no just stopping because you're not good. If you're not good, keep working at it, okay? So if you keep working at it, you'll win championships. And if you win championships, you'll keep moving up and up and up. So Yeah, like that old saying, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. So mm-hmm. that's the key. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'd love for you to share kind of an aha moment in your racing career it's a a time when i like to say the headlights come on and kind of steer your way down a path that you think all right this is the right path for me to get my career going and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success well when i first started i thought making it far in racing all you had to do was drive and be fast and so i thought that email and meetings and stuff wasn't part of it I thought it was just driving and being fast so really about last year or so I finally it finally hit me it's like I really got to do email and Facebook and stuff and get in touch with people that's how you make it to far places and uh series so it really hit me and you got to do stuff off track not just on track so you're talking about the marketing aspect of marketing yourself as a driver, as a brand, if you will? Yeah, that's exactly my point. You have to build up your brand, and the lights went on. It's like you got to do this in order to make it successful. Sure, absolutely. Well, especially this day and age with social media the way it is, uh, you've got to be out there promoting yourself no matter what you're doing. But especially in racing, you're right. It's not like the old days where you just jump in a car, do a race, and go home, and it's all over. So very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your first really special race car. I'd love to hear a story about the first time you got into a, a cart or a car that was re- really memorable for you and really had an impact on your progression through the process of becoming a race car driver. It was mainly the Legends car that I really had a connection with that was my special race car. Going from carts to a car, it was the perfect car. Going from road course to oval, shifting suspension. And it wasn't just one car, or it wasn't all of the Legends cars that I ran. It was the one that I have now really helped me learn how to drive. The one before was, okay, you're getting a car, it's not going to be competitive, but this car that I have now is competitive and you have to really work the car. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what a Legends car is so they have an understanding of what kind of race car that is? Yeah, it's um, it's a old, it looks like an old 40, uh, 34 Ford uh, Coupe. And it's got rain tires or street tires, if you will, um, instead of slicks. And it's kind of like an old small car. It's not one of the big NASCARs. It's like just really compact and has a uh, Yamaha four-stroke engine in it. So it's got a motorcycle engine, but it's a car mm-hmm. and um, has lots of uh, horsepower for the weight it has. So I, the way I understand those, they're almost a scaled-down version 
of an old vintage looking car. Uh-huh. So they're a little bit smaller and they're tube framed. So there's a lot of safety around you. All you do is take an old uh, timey car from like 1930s and just scale it down. That's all it is. Um, it's got, it's kind of like an open wheel car, but with fenders on the outside. So the wheels stick out beyond the chassis. I so see. it's, and they're really hard to drive. They're fun and hard, have no grip, lots of power. So it's the perfect combination, you know. And are you driving these cars on an oval or on a road course? It's uh, usually around a quarter mile track that they do. It's on an oval. Uh, they'll have them at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway. What the tracks do is they cut off from pit lane to the front straight, and you'll go backwards on pit lane, turn left on pavement that cuts through the grass, and then back onto the front straight, and then coming back through. And um, it's usually about a quarter mile track. About a quarter mile. Cool. Sounds interesting. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd love for you to share with our listeners your most memorable race that you've had. Now, you're still pretty young, so you've you've done a lot of races for somebody your age, but is there one in particular that really stands out for you and you can kind of take us through a little bit of that race that you had yeah this race was um a wka national race in go-karts and it was my first national win in go-karts and that really is what made me want to keep pushing and racing and it was in new jersey all week it's a three-day weekend you had Friday all practice, Saturday a race, and Sunday a race. And Saturday and Friday, we weren't doing so good. It was probably mid to upper pack. And on Sunday, I figured out the track. And the last race of the season, I pulled it off and I won by, a, uh, I think it was about half a cart length. Wow. And it was very special to me. I couldn't believe it. I even in the helmet after the race, I'm like, did I win this? And I'm like, yeah, I sure did. And I started crying a little bit. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Very you know? Cool. Um, yeah, very cool. That's awesome. I love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing these days. And I know that you were the 22nd winner of the Gorsland Ch- uh, Scholarship, rather, the Gorsland Scholarship for Mental Training with a Dr. Delier. And I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about that because I find it a really interesting aspect to racing that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah, the Gorsland Scholarship is great. Every year at um, the Sebring 12-Hour, they nominate 100 drivers that they think are going to make it far, and then they take the top three, and they send the top three to Sebring during the 12-Hour, and Mr. John Gorsland meets all of them at in the press room, and he nominates, or he announces the winner there and last year I was top three and this year I and I was fortunate enough to win and the winner each year gets um, a scholarship towards Dr. Jacques Delaire's uh, mental training program uh, with Performance Prime. Really what it is is Dr. Delaire he's in Charlotte and you go and meet him for two days and I just finished that yesterday. So the first day it's about an eight to ten hour day, and he plays. We play games, not like fun games, but it's how well does your mind work with under stress and reaction times 
and everything. So he's trying to get a base of where you're at. And then the next day, it's about a six-hour day or so. And that is all just results and how you did and how you can improve on those. So he's not really – you're not working with him there. He's figuring out where you're at and how you can improve on that. And then he'll come to one or two of your races and show you physically how to improve on what he helped you with. There's a lot more to just driving. It's the mental part to have the right amount of calmness and the right t- intensity level. So it's sure it's really cool. Yeah, it's very interesting to me because for anyone who's ever raced, there's a lot more, as Dylan has explained, than just driving. There's a mental aspect. There's a physical aspect, of, of course. It's extremely important uh, that you stay mentally fit. But, of course, your mind needs to stay focused. A lot of things getting thrown at you when you're in a race car. And especially these days, race cars are so complicated. My gosh, you look at the steering wheel of some of these uh, touring mm-hmm. cars and Formula One cars. There's so many buttons and knobs. You just go, how on earth does a driver have the time to think about all that while he's going around the course? So uh, very interesting. Well, congratulations for winning that scholarship. Fantastic. Did you Thank feel you. like it was a really valuable couple of days for you? It was. I felt like I gained a ton from those past two days and it really helped me learn how to use my mind and focus during a race. Absolutely. Great. Love it. Now here's a very introspective question for you, Dylan. If you were a race car, I'll say a car too, but let's talk about racing. What kind of race car would you be and why? I would definitely say an F1 car because Everybody in the entire world knows what one of those is. Everybody knows that those are the top dog in racing. It's got tons of grip, tons of speed. They're probably one of the most fun cars to drive. Yeah, and most challenging. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on that. You know, F1 is the pinnacle, seems like, of racing, that some people would say so. So uh, what are some other reasons that you'd want to be an F1 car? Everybody in the entire world knows that those are the top dog. Everybody wants to race one of those, be one of those, and drive those tracks that they are at. And yeah, you get to travel the entire world too. It's not just at one country. It's you go to oh. Europe, Asia, America, the North America, and everywhere. Everywhere, basically. sure. Do you follow F1 racing? And if so, is there a driver and a team that you like this year? Um, I don't follow up too much with F1, but I do follow up with um, NASCAR. Okay. And um, I'll tell you, my idol in NASCAR is probably Rick Hendrick. He's The team is outstanding. He chooses the greatest drivers, and everybody looks up to their engines or performance. Yeah, great, awesome. Well, maybe one day you can drive for that team. That'd be pretty cool. I hope so. That'd be great. So, Dylan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to a Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. 
Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Dylan, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer and you know what this means. The white flag is out. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Uh Uh-huh. What's the best racing advice you've ever received, and who was it from? It was from my dad, and he said, you need to keep your emotions down off the track. You can't express too much anger, too much joy and cockiness, so you got to keep them down. Stay calm. Stay focused. Sounds good. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your efforts to be a race car driver? The biggest one is hunger towards championships. I always look forward towards the championships and winning races. I don't look at doing anything else. The drive to win, extremely important in racing. Now, how about a resource? I know there's lots of resources out there, and we talked a little bit about having to market yourself out there, but is there one resource in particular that you really enjoy that you could share with the Cars Yeah listeners? I love getting emails and looking and reading through them um, at safeisfast.com. Their stuff is just great. That You can learn a ton from it, and it teaches you how to be safe, yet at the same time drive fast and good. Yeah, great website. I love that. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? I've got two. Um, yeah, I have the entire sequence of Speed Secrets. It's great. It teaches you basically speed secrets. Sure. Um, uh-huh. And then another one by uh, Dr. Jacques Delaire, who I just worked with, uh, called Performance Thinking. And that teaches you almost all of what he gave me in the past two days. So. Fantastic. Well, Ross Bentley, Speed Secrets, he's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, just like your father okay. and, and now you. But uh, maybe we need to get Dr. Delaire on the show. That would be very interesting to talk with him and how he helps drivers be uh, more focused and so forth. Great books. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at Dylan's show notes page at carsyad.com slash Dylan Murray. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for racing? I do, but I'm not very good at them. Uh, I play hockey um, every now and then. I I don't. I just have an admire for hockey. And then another one is fishing. I like going out early at five o'clock in the morning and fishing for bass and catfish. Nice, awesome, love it. Nice way to uh, relax the mind and focus a little mm-hmm. bit. The fishing, not so much the hockey playing. So <laughs> cool. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Dylan. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, and I'll include collector race car here, uh, but you can't sell this to buy some cool car to drive to school or, or off to the racetracks. It's something you've got to keep and, and cherish and enjoy, but money's no object. I'll buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that one vehicle be and why? It's probably going to be a Porsche 917. I don't know if you could exactly consider that as a collector car. Oh, yeah. But um, those things, my dad drove one a couple years ago. It's They're fast. They're light. They're, they look awesome. And I would definitely buy one of those over anything else. Yeah, well, you know, the Apple didn't fall, 
far from the tree here because that was your dad's choice of that special car. Yeah, yeah. And on his show notes page is a picture of him with that uh, famous Mark Donahue 917. So uh, very cool. Now, do you want the newer one like your dad likes or do you like the old classics like uh, Steve McQueen drove in the movie Le Mans? I like the newer ones. I I don't really have as much of a passion for the older cars. Yeah. I like yeah. Yep. Young guy. Young guy. So great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Dylan, you've taken me on an awesome ride today and I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey. As young as it is here, we wish you the best of luck in your racing career as you move forward. Could you offer our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the track in that Porsche 917? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, people sometimes will tell you, oh, you can't make it to the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, you can't make it to Le Mans, you can't do anything. But if someone tells you that, don't listen to them. You can, because if you work hard enough, you can make it wherever you want if you put in the right amount of effort and everything else. Absolutely. Do not listen to the naysayers. Work hard, just like Dylan's doing, just like his father David did, and you can do whatever you want in this life. What's the best way for our listeners to learn a little bit about you and follow you in your racing? Uh, You can go to my website, uh, DylanMurray.com, and you can scroll down and find somewhere on there uh, to subscribe to my emails. After every race that I do, I type up an email uh, race report, and I send it out so you can see what happened, and we include videos and pictures and everything. So Very cool. Well, I'll make sure I sign up for that so I can follow what you're doing on the track. And do you, Are you also active on social media like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter? Yeah, the uh, same stuff that goes on my email blast is also on Facebook, and I send out tweets, at DylanMurray1, and then you can go on Instagram, follow me, uh, underscore Dylan Murray underscore and um, I take pictures of before the race and after the race and post them out cool well listeners again you can find links to all these great resources at Dylan's show notes page at carsyeah.com just type D-Y-L-A-N into the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with all these links and again I would encourage you to follow this young man this is pretty tremendous uh, we're getting to talk to somebody very early in his career we're going to watch you progress through your career and uh I have no doubt that you're going to be successful in all the endeavors you uh, tackle in your life future. Dylan, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Carjow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!